This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, thank you again, Rabbi Shabtai, for once again providing me with the opportunity to learn with all of you in preparation for Parshas Bamidbar. Uh, this year today will be Li'iloi Nishmas, my wife's grandfather's yard site is, is coming Friday, Mir Tashem, Amram and Shmuel Zev. His neshama should have uh, continued aliyah. We all know that uh, one of the focal points at the very beginning of this week's parsha is the degalim, the flags. Uh, each shevet was uh, given, assigned a flag with a particular tzura, a particular uh, picture on the flag that represented the character and the attributes of each of the shvatim. And what I wanted to do today is perhaps... Uh, go in a little bit of a different direction. Instead of beginning with an Esiva Shalom, we'll conclude our talk, our discussion today with an Esiva Shalom. But actually to begin with a question that is highlighted by Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky and his Sefer Emes Liyakov at the very beginning of Parshas Bamidbar. Rav Yaakov asks the following question. If you have the pages in front of you, it's the first page numbered Tuf Yud Gimel. And he says the following. He says, Ulchora Tamua. It seems to be a bit shocking, but what somewhat of a wonderment. Right, the Jewish people left the Chamisha Bnei Yisrael. Right, the Jewish people were liberated from Mitzrayim, were vindicated, were able to now live as a free nation, uh, ready to accept the Torah. So he asks the obvious question, if you take a look at one of the first Psukim, the first Pasuk, the Torah tells us that they were only assigned the Degal and these flags in the second year after they had left Egypt. Asks Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, I don't understand. They've already become an Am Chavshi. They're a free nation. They've been liberated from Mitzrayim. They're now going to develop their own identity. Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu, why did the Rebona Shalom delay assigning each of the Shvatim, each of the tribes with a flag until the second year? If they are now been liberated, if they are now able to be Mechabah the Torah just a few weeks later, and now they're developing a national identity, it would stand to reason that they should also have been given the opportunity to develop a tribe identity. And yet for some reason Hashem felt compelled to delay, to wait, to assign the Degalim, to assign these flags which are so central and focal to the identity of each one of the Shvatim until the second year. And the question is why? And Rav Yaakov Kaunetsky highlights a beautiful, beautiful insight, which I think not only explains this particular question, but also may help us understand why Parshas Bamidbar, more often than not, is the Parsha that immediately precedes uh, Shavuos. And he says as follows. Second paragraph. El Shebe'emes inyan hadigalim l'choruhu pirud halavavos. Says Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, when you begin to assign each independent, each individual shevet, each individual tribe with a, with a flag, it can cause what's called pirud halavavos, a separation of hearts. Each one has its own color with a different symbol. The illustrations are in each one of their respective flags. It has its own character traits. It has its own attributes. And each one has a different focus. Each tribe has different talents, have different strengths that are accentuated on their flags. 
Vinimsa, and it would appear, Kilachora had the Galim, Garmal appeared Alavavos. You could understand, one could certainly anticipate that when assigning each one of these Degalim, each one of these flags, with an emblem, with a symbol, with a tsura, with a picture that represents the unique qualities of each individual Shevet, each individual tribe, Garmal appeared out of Lavavos. It would cause a divisiveness. It would create a dissonance between different tribes. Ella mikaven shayel kula merkaz echad haynu hamishkan vikulam choni misaviv lamishkan ain zeh gorem lepirud el kol echad omen al mishmarto miyuchedes lo ve'ain kan shum pirud. Says Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, but because now in year two after they have been freed, we now have a mishkan, we now have something that the entire machanes surrounds. We now recognize that the Shekhinah resides, so to speak, within that Mishkan. And ultimately, the expectation of every Shevet is to focus their talents, their strengths, their abilities and capacities, all in a symphony in the service of Hashem. There's no longer a concern of Pirut Halavavos. There's no longer a concern of divisiveness, of disparity, of dissonance between the Shvatim. Just the opposite. Once you have something that we can all uh, combine our talents towards, once we can all look to one thing that, that unites us, so that it's no longer about why I'm better than you, but it's more about how can I compliment you. And so therefore, right? It's like of the body. Right, the ears can hear and has one talent, and the eyes can see and it has another talent. Would the eyes be jealous of the ears? Would the ears be jealous of the eyes? Of course not. If the whole focus is on the body as a whole, if you understand that you're part of something bigger than just your tribe, with the Mishkan serving as the epicenter, as the focal point of where all of our strengths and kochos are divide, are devoted to, so then there's no consider there's no concern that there's going to be pure halavos. Since everybody's focused on one thing, there's no concern that there's going to be divisiveness. And therefore, so therefore, says Rav Yaakov, now we can understand why Hashem felt it was important to Dafka specifically wait till the second year. Because had he done it in the first year where there was no Mishkan, there was no epicenter, there was no central spiritual uh, locale where we could focus and harness all of our energies as one nation, even though we bring different things to the table. We're able to focus and harness in all of that complementary effort into one thing, and that is the service of Hashem. What's going to happen? Then you're going to have, then you're going to have a Pirud. But once you've established the Mishkan, now there was no more concern of that separation, of that divisiveness, of that dissonance between the different shvatim, of that envy or that jealousy. So in summary, Rav Yaakov has such a fantastic insight. And he, again, he asks the question, why is it that the Torah, why did Hashem wait to instruct all the shvatim to compose and to come up with each one of their own respective and independent degalim with their tsura, with their emblem, with their illustration, showcasing and highlighting and accentuating their talents. Why did he wait till the second year? Because the concern was until you have a mishkan, unfortunately we all know until you have a common denominator that everybody can focus and harness all of their energies towards, everybody's looking out for themselves, 
Everybody's trying to vie for the best positioning. Everybody's trying to identify why I have a leg up on the competition. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu is concerned in that first year when we're trying to develop a national identity and we didn't yet have the Mishkan constructed, the likelihood would be that there would be a lot of what he calls Pirud Levavos. There would be this divisiveness. There would be a lot of dissonance, perhaps even machlokis disputes of who's more important, who brings more to the table, etc. Once the Mishkan was built, once we had the Chanukah Samishkan, once we had the dedication of the tabernacle, and now at the center of the Machina that all the Shvatim surround, have that Shechina, have that divine presence housed and reside, residing within the Mishkan. So at that point, everybody was able to focus in on what it means to be part of the greater good, what it means to be bigger than just yourself, understanding that while Dan may have their own uh, emblem with their own strengths, and Aftali and Zvulin may have their own strengths, their own things that they want to highlight, at the end of the day, with the Shechina residing at the epicenter, at the center of it all, of the Machen, of the camp, everybody would complement one another, all go towards the same good, than trying to find a leg up and being envious and chas v'shalom, jealous, which would ultimately cause and serve as a catalyst for Mach Lokes. That's the insight of Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. But then, as I was preparing, I noticed an amazing, amazing insight of one of the predecessors of the Nesiva Shalom, the Beis Avram, and that's the second page that I handed out to you, in which the Nesiva Shalom wants to try to understand is there a particular reason from a calendaric perspective that Bamidbar always falls out, usually it always precedes Matan Torah. Why does it always precede Shavuos? And perhaps based on what we've suggested in the name of Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, it makes a lot of sense what the Torah was trying to convey to us in Parshas Bamidbar, and therefore it serves as a hachana, as a preparation for Kabbalah Sator. Take a look on page Tesvav in Parshas Bamidbar, uh, the left-hand column, uh, the second paragraph, it says Al-Kain. Al-Kain korim bator parshazu. The reason we read Parshas Bamidbar shel degalim kodem Kabbalah Satora. We dafka read it before Kabbalah Satora, before Shavuos. Why? Shemaran Adonin Morin Veravina Bebeis Avram Zuchus Yogan Aleinu Amar Ki Yesh BeParshazu Es Mispar Klolos Bnei Yisrael. It's talking about the different representations, understanding the different degalim. Vizu Iker Haachanal Kabbalah Satora. The proper preparation for that is to understand that we are all part of the greater good. Right? We have to, what we were supposed to embrace this time of year, taught to us by Rabbi Akiva, the holy Rabbi Akiva. One of the most important principles in the Torah is to love one's neighbor like their friend. You want to know what's going to allow you to be a kibble, to be a, an appropriate receptacle, to be a makabal, to receive the Torah at the underlying fundamental basis, the basic, basic level it is, achdus. We have to be unified. We have to recognize that more than what divides us, unites us. We have to find as many common denominators amongst our people than what divides us based on our hashkafas and what heksha we rely on, what shechita we rely on. At the end of the day, so much more than what divides us, unites us. And so therefore, when you put Rav Yaakov and the Nesiva Shalom in the name of the Beis Avram together, it not only gives us an incredible insight into Parshas Bamidbar, but it also helps us understand why Bamidbar had to have come immediately before Kabbalah Satorah. Because in order to receive the Torah, in order to be Makabal the Torah, in order to be that appropriate uh, nation that is worthy and privileged 
of receiving the Torah, we have to do something about it. We have to be mechin. We have to go ahead and we have to prepare in the appropriate way. And the best way to do so is not to find the ways that distinguish between us, but instead find the common denominators. And so like Rav Yaakov said, now that we had the Mishkan residing in, in the midst of the camp, at the epicenter of the camp, where all of us could complement one another and not compete with one another, that type of lesson is a lesson that needs to be uh, reinstated as we enter into the uh, re, so to speak, marriage with HaKadosh Baruch Hu being the Kabbalah Torah. I was just thinking, that's the famous insight that we have when it comes to Dayenu. We said in Dayenu at the Pesach Seder that if we came to Har Sinai but we didn't receive the Torah, Dayenu. And everybody loves to ask the famous question, what do you mean? The whole purpose of Kabbalah, of, of going to Har Sinai is to be Makabal the Torah. What do you mean if we, if we even got to Har Sinai, that alone would have been enough. And many of the Mepharshim suggest, you know why it would have been enough? Because even hadn't we received the Torah, but, but the Har Sinai experience would have unified Kalalis in a way that they had not yet been privileged to do so until that point, that alone would have been enough. Because ultimately a prerequisite for being Makabal the Torah in the right way is HaKadosh Baruch Hu looking down on his children and saying, saying Banim atem Hashem He looks down on his children and he realizes how unified they are. That each one of us have our Degolim, not just in our tribes, but as an individual, as well. Each one of us have our talents. Each one of us have our different areas of strength that we bring to the table and that we have to capitalize on. Otherwise HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to take them away from us. But that should never serve to cause any type of divisiveness. It should only serve to complement one another so that we can ultimately be the that we should be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu as an Aguda Achas, as one bundle, being able to recognize all the common ground that we have and overlooking all of those things that we do not have in common. And I thank you for listening. Have a wonderful, have a wonderful day.